You're listening to Season 5, Episode Number 8 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Dr. Craig Ott. We talk about ecclesiology and missiology and his book, The Church on Mission, A Biblical Vision for Transformation Among All People. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. My guest on Strike the Match today is an individual that I've known for several years. Uh, He's got a book that uh, just recently came out, and that's going to be the topic of our conversation. Uh, Craig Ott is with me today. Uh, Dr. Ott is a professor at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. He's actually the director of the Ph.D. program in intercultural studies. Uh, He's professor of mission and intercultural studies at Trinity. This brother has uh, served uh, 21 years in Germany with Reach Global, which is uh, formerly the EFCA International Mission. He's been a church planter. Uh, he's written uh, extensively on the topic of missions today. Uh, he's, he's got several books out, uh, The Mission of the Church, Five Views in Conversation, uh, Global Church Planting, an excellent book that's out there, uh, Encountering uh, Theology of Mission, uh, Globalizing Theology. Uh, he also uh, uh, edited a book uh, uh, called Missionary Methods Research Reflection Realities with some uh, seedy character, and so we won't we won't hold that uh, that uh, work against you, Craig. But uh, we're we're thankful that you're with us uh, today on Strike the Match. So welcome. Hey, good to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Hey, it's my pleasure. I was really excited to see this book uh, come out. So for those of you listening, it's called The Church on Mission, uh, the subtitle, A Biblical Vision for Transformation Among All People. Uh, I just really appreciate your work on this. Craig, you have uh, been involved in matters related to ecclesiology and mission, not only in, in North America, but uh, throughout the world. I know you, you, you do extensive uh, travels and, and training and uh, in many different countries. I mean, I was reading on your bio earlier, uh, having been involved in training mission leaders in 40 different countries. Um, this particular book, wh- why would you write this particular book at, at this particular time? I'm sure. I'm sure that your experience has had a lot to do with uh, this work. Yeah, as I have traveled around uh, both internationally with indigenous mission organizations as well as Americans with uh, local churches and so on, I, I increasingly have a feeling that uh, there's not a lot of clarity, honestly, about uh, what the nature of the mission of the church is. And I felt it was it would be good to have a more concise uh, book that's pretty readable, that's that's not overwhelming, not too technical, but very very biblically grounded. Um, I was at a meeting with uh, mission pastors, uh, just more as an observer, and the table discussions were a little distressing. That uh, the confusion that pastors are receiving, or, or mission pastors and mission leaders are receiving, a lot of different messages about what churches should or shouldn't be doing and what's the role of Westerners. And, and then um, some on, the, on in mission works, I, I see some are not focused at all. They're doing a little bit of everything and maybe not the central things very well, or they're too focused and they're only doing a very narrow slice and are almost overly specialized. And I felt, let's just get back to 
looking at some scripture, I, I'm not going to get into five different theories on the interpretation of this or that passage, but I'm just going to kind of put it out there in a way I think that is broad enough that, it, that most Bible-believing, Christ-honoring Christians could affirm and yet uh, hit the nail square on the head. You know, one of the things that, that I really liked what you what you said just then is, is the word concise. Um, there are excellent, excellent books out there on the issue of um, the mission of the church. But but your work is able to to take a great deal of that biblical, theological, and, and to some degree even practical, and, and boil it down. And, and you give us an excellent book uh, that's, uh, what, about 130 pages, something like that. And, and so for the listener out there, um, I think that that's critical because there's just – for the busy pastor, the, the busy missionary, the busy, busy denominational leader, uh, to, to have to wade through a lot of the information out there, your, your book is is helping us sort through that process. So thank you. Yeah, well, I hope it uh, I hope it does do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, t- let's talk about some of the contents of the book. Um, so in, in the beginning of the book, you, you make a statement. And, and I'd like to, to kind of get your thoughts, your reflections on, on this particular statement, particularly related to the contemporary church, um, whether it's in North America or throughout the world. So, and so here's the statement. You, you make this statement, in many ways, an understanding of the church's mission is an extension of its theological convictions. In many ways, an understanding of the church's mission is an extension of its theological convictions. And when I read that, I could not help but think about what what does this statement mean in light of the numerous churches uh, that that are not involved in taking the gospel across the street or across the world to to the nation so could you could you help us you maybe think through some some of those matters yeah so you know beyond a typical statement of faith or a confession of faith uh, every church is going to have either explicit or implicit uh, an understanding of what their mission is, a, a theological understanding. And um, so it, it raises sort of a question, uh, do we believe that Jesus was mainly a moral teacher, and so we just need to try and do what he did and make the world a better place? Um, or do we believe that sin has really permeated every person, every society, the very fabric of creation, and that the only solution is really God's grace and his redemptive action, a new creation. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think a lot of churches have not really thought that through very clearly. And so uh, there's just going to be all kinds of good things, all kinds of voices, all kinds of political correctness and, um, you know, slogans. And uh, I think we've got to get back to the Scripture. So w- when when we begin to think about the— um the nature of the church, you obviously are rightly calling us back, back to the Scripture on understanding this. D- do you think that reading through this book there will be a lot of churches, a lot of church leaders that will be shocked, will be surprised at uh, at what you're telling them? Well, maybe not shocked or surprised um, as much as going, yes, yeah, we really need to get back to that. Yes, we really need to focus. I imagine the people who disagree with me are not going to buy this book uh, to begin with, but but I would hope, and, and we have, uh, you know, with the publisher, we have a discussion guide that goes with it, that, and I'm hoping that mission teams, whether they're 
international or whether they're based stateside or whether it's a, a church board, because this is not only for missions in the sense of foreign missions, but even for church boards to consider what is the mission of our local church, even locally and and so on. I, my hope is that it would stimulate uh, some discussion. And so we prepared questions to help interact. Uh, every church is going to have to figure out for itself what, what the implications are. It's, this is not a how-to book. There's no formulas. It's really looking at scripture. So, But yes, I would hope that a lot of discussion would get uh, stimulated and sort of like the Bereans and really check it out and see if, if scripture's teaching it the way I've, I've tried to put it out there. Yeah, and I think that you, you help the, the reader to to think about how do they apply or contextualize uh, you know, the information in these chapters to, to their situation, which is you know exactly what we need. You talk about the goal of your book uh, is to cast biblical vision. Uh, you mentioned that uh, one of the best ways to participate in God's mission is, and I'll, I'll quote you here, uh, Craig, uh, is, quote, by multiplying transformational churches among all people, end quote. So multiplying transformational churches. I, I know what you mean by that, but I'm uh, for the listener that's out there that you know, doesn't know the backstory behind some of those words such as multiplying and transformational, can, can you unpack that, that goal for us? Sure. Uh, just let me have a slight correction there. There is a little phrase that you left off, and that is to glorify God by multiplying transformational churches among all people. But nevertheless, I, I do want to underline that uh, the, the church has to have an utterly God-centered mission. This is absolutely not about us. It is not about building our little church kingdom or denominational kingdom or any of that. So we, we just want to get that out there. But you're right. Yeah, a lot of people can understand a lot of different things when they hear the word transformational. And uh, so to be clear, um, the whole book's really structured around that phrase. It's a six chapters, and we just take that that statement uh, to glorify God by multiplying transformational churches among all people, take that kind of phrase by phrase and biblically examine it. So our mission, uh, but simply, our mission is to proclaim the gospel in word and deed with a goal so that people become new creatures in Christ, transformed new creatures in Christ, faithful disciples of Jesus, and they're gathered in communities of believers, fellowships of believers we call churches. And so those churches are transformational communities because they're composed of people who've been transformed by the gospel, but they're also transformed in their relationships to one another. And then Jesus said we should be salt and light in the world, so we should be having a transformational impact in our spheres of influence that are beyond the walls of the church. But then the idea of multiplying, you see, it's that, that's challenging enough. You're saying, okay, stop right there. Uh, you know, just that that's a lot. Uh, but Jesus has called us to make disciples of all nations, to go to the ends of the earth. And so, so we need to reproduce, multiply these kinds of transformational churches, fellowships of transformed believers among all people. And so, and so that ultimately the knowledge and the glory of the Lord fills the earth as the waters fill the sea. And to cast biblical vision, this was, you know, the subtitle. I think that's an amazingly glorious vision. It's compelling. It's, it can capture the imagination. It's got God in the middle of it. It's got transformation. It's got the dynamic of the work of the Spirit and the power of the Word. I, I, and I think it's biblical and, and uh, it goes beyond just getting people to heaven. Uh, 
And it's about the whole new work God is doing in, in reconciling to himself a people and renewing even the whole creation. So I think it's a compelling vision. And, and if, I've, if as, as, as believers and churches and mission teams dig in and, and, and just mine the scripture on the beauty of this idea, um, that's got to stimulate vision, motivation, and the desire to serve Christ. Yeah, you know, I think when I when I hear you speak in those terms, I, I think about you know a couple different passages come to my mind. So, so the Apostle Paul, you know, writes Second uh, Thessalonians uh, three one about his desire that the word of the Lord would 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 speed ahead and be honored, or would spread rapidly and be honored. And and yet at the same time, you know, Luke records in Acts twenty of, of Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders about declaring the whole counsel of God. So here you have this apostle who desires to see that multiplying effect happen with urgency and and with some speed but at the same time he wants to see those churches you know, you know mature in the faith he wants to see them transformed to use your word to see them transformed and being involved in transforming communities you mention in the book that um there may be some people that would push back on your book as, as being too uh, ecclesiocentric. And, and I wonder you know, if that goes back to kind of what you were just talking about a moment ago with your, with your vision. Um, am I correct in, in that, that assessment that, that, that you think that there will be some pushback because of that? Yes, uh, for a couple reasons. For one, some people, when you, they hear the word church, they're thinking very much about an institution maybe a denomination, uh, in pretty human kind of terms. That's not the main thrust the way I'm using the word. The other thing is today we hear a lot about the kingdom of God. It's all about extending the kingdom, advancing the kingdom. And so we're using, uh, not, a, not a wrong thing, but we are using kingdom language more than church language. So, so I understand that. But I see the connection between church and kingdom uh, as a very integral one. Uh, and so some people say, well, it's, it's really all about the kingdom and the church is just kind of uh, secondary somehow. And I think that's a mistake. Um, I see the church very central to God's purposes in, in our age. Um, to use Leslie Newbegin's language, the, the church is not the same as the kingdom of God, but where God is ruling, there's the kingdom. But the church is uh, a sign of the kingdom, pointing the way to the kingdom. The church is an instrument of the kingdom. He uses the church to advance his purposes. And the church is a foretaste of the kingdom, sort of that, 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 that we're the, the uh, anticipation. This is, what it, this is what the kingdom will look like in miniature. It's not perfect, but as, as believers are living in, in reconciled relationships and loving one another and, and committed to serving others selflessly as Jesus did, that, that's, that's the very character of the kingdom that we should be manifesting. And so the church is not kind of an afterthought. The church is not just some sort of pragmatic uh, tool that God is using, but it's his bride. He, he loves the church and gave himself for it. So so I understand why people may be thinking that uh, the church in one sense or another shouldn't be at the center. But, but as I understand the true biblical nature of the church, I see it very central to what God is doing and, and extending into all eternity as his people. Right. Yeah, I, and I, you know, and I found myself, you know, one agreeing with you, and two finding your your statements a breath of fresh air because there are other authors out there that I think are re- reducing the emphasis on uh, the bride of Christ uh, because they 
I almost, I almost see it as if the pendulum is being pushed in the opposite direction, whereby in mission history in the 20th century, we, we came to this conclusion that um, it's not about the church having a mission, you know, it's God's mission. And therefore, I, I just feel like there have been some that have pushed, therefore, or have pushed against the church being, well, you know, we'll, we'll kind of relegate the issue of, of, the, of the church to the sidelines. I mean, do you think that our history and the whole mission of God conversation is a part of that? Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, way back, going back into the 50s and, and last part of the 20th century, you know, the, the conversation around Missio Dei, I think it was the concept itself that God has a mission It was, is very compelling. God, mission is God's mission. Jesus was sent on a mission, and God is doing his work in the world. No question about that, but when it really comes down to the ground of what that looks like and uh, how the church is somehow to participate in God's mission. That's where it gets a little bit muddy, and uh, certain theological directions have taken that in ways that are not, I don't see, uh, very well connected to the scriptural understanding of the church and so on. And so um, I think that is problematic, and that that that's not only among uh, more ecumenically oriented groups, but I see in evangelical circles some of that thinking uh, taking a strong hold, and um, there are certain positive aspects to that. But again, let's just get back to what the Scripture really teaches about the nature of the church and God's work in the world and and uh, what our role is as His people. Right. You, 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 you talk about in the book the notion that, that some are looking at the church as uh, as a means to 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 an, a higher end to a greater end and and i and you come across and i agree with you on this you come across talking about you know not dishonoring her in that way uh, but could you help us understand what 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 are you seeing what have you seen what are you thinking when you when you write that statement that is talking about the church we shouldn't see the church as a means to an end. Well, there's two two different directions that, that end up in different places. One would be uh, the very broad, more ecumenical view, where they say, well, it's all about the kingdom of God, and and uh, so the church is really not that important. Uh, and if anything, the church is just kind of, you know, God's tool to really accomplish something that's not really integrally related to the church itself. And that was one that we just mentioned uh, that I, I would say is not biblical. The other is kind of an odd pragmatic one that uh, many evangelicals sort of taken, um, sort of getting their cue from Peter Wagner's famous statement, church planting is the world's best method of evangelism. Maybe you've used that yourself. I've used it before, <laughs> but I don't think it's a very good statement. It might be, t- it might be technically true. It, you know, that might be true, but that's not why God gave us the church as like, well, I got to figure out a way to do evangelism. So, Oh, I guess we'll do church. I, that you know, the the church is God's redeemed community of people. The whole reason why we do evangelism is so people become reconciled with God and become a part of this community that reflects the character of God, that reflects the kingdom of God. If anything, evangelism is the best way to creating the church. How about that? Um, so so we shouldn't look at the church as just sort of like, well, it's it's there to kind of get us through this evil world until Jesus comes. You know. <laughs> No, it's not like the church will disappear when Jesus comes. If anything, we are that bride at the great banquet, wedding uh, banquet, and, and we'll be this people singing his praise for every people, nation, tribe, and tongue. Church not going to go away. Um, so, so I think that we've got to kind of get that 
that more pragmatic view of looking at the church uh, a little bit out of our heads and, and see the glory of it, of where we're going. You talk, you talk about the church in this book, uh, and I think in the same statement, you, you describe the church as a new creation community, a kingdom community, and, and a missional community. Uh, can you help us understand a little bit of your, your thoughts related to, to those titles? Sure. Um, the, the new creation community, uh, I mentioned before, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, that person has become a new creation. The old has passed away. And so the new creation, this new redeemed world where God will make all things new, it's broken in, even in the individual believer, that new life. But as God's people, he creates this, this new creation community of new creation people. I think of Ephesians 2.15 where it says uh, God's purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. That's making peace in the one body to reconcile them both to God through the cross so that through the redemptive work of Christ, we're not only individually new creation, but we become this fellowship of a new humanity in Christ. That's a beautiful, glorious picture of, of what it means to, to be with God. And then, so this is the idea of kingdom, or, uh, uh, a new creation community. Um, then kingdom community, as, as I mentioned, the idea that that uh, the lordship of Christ, when we say kingdom, we're really just meaning where God is rule, at rule, God's rule. And to the extent that God is ruling among his people, or speak, scripture teaches, speaks of us as being a, a, a kingdom of priests and so on. Uh, so we, we manifest that rule of God as his people, uh, imperfectly, but, but yes, as a foretaste. Um, and then as, as a missional community, that is to say, we don't exist just for ourselves, uh, but God has, has called us to be with him and to be sent out on behalf of him. Um, and uh, sort of the way Jesus called the disciples to be with him and to send them out to preach. First um, uh, Peter 2, 9, your chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, this gathered idea of people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his wonder, marvelous light. So we're called to be with him. And but core to our very identity is being sent out on behalf of him. Um, so Johannes Blau in his book, Missionary Nature of the Church, uh, formulated it very concisely. The people of God is called out of the world, placed in the world and sent to the world. Um, and I think that captures the idea of being with Jesus and being sent on behalf of Jesus. Both are important. Um, uh, we're, I think most evangelical churches have kind of probably done better at the being with Jesus part uh, as they have on the being sent on behalf of Jesus part. That's, that's, that's a good word. You know, if you're, if you're wondering about the contents of this book, uh, I want to share with you all the, the six title chapters that Craig um, uh, has composed in, uh, in the, the Church on Mission. So chapter one, he talks about, and the, and the word, as you mentioned earlier, transformation runs through this book. So chapter one is transformation to God's glory. Uh, chapter two, transformational communities. Uh, chapter three, transformation in the Word of God transformational influence, transformation for all peoples, and then finally chapter six, transformation through multiplication. Uh, Craig, wonderful, wonderful work, brother. Definitely keep up the, keep the, keep up the great work in, uh, in what you're doing. Appreciate the, you writing this book. Hey, how can people get in touch with you? Someone may be listening. They want to carry on the, you know, another conversation with you on this topic or find out more about you and your ministry. Is there a way that they could can touch base with you. 
Yeah, you know, I'm not much of a social media person, so I'm afraid <laughs> Do you to... still use an abacus? <laughs> well, if I want to be hip, I'll say I don't trust social media anymore, but actually I'm just too old to, to try and get into that world. Um, no, the, really the best thing, if somebody wants to contact me, is to, to email me. Uh, I do travel a lot, and that's just, you know, easy access there. And so my email is just cott at tiu.edu so that's c-o-t-t like craig ott and then t-i-u as in trinity international university dot edu uh, so that's just the easiest way i'm happy to in- interact with people who uh, want to have a conversation about this um, again the whole purpose is to get a conversation going getting people thinking about these things biblically and what it means for, for them and their church and their teams very good uh, my guest today on uh, strike the match uh, has been Craig Ott again uh, those of you that are interested in this book you need to to stop being interested and get a copy and uh, get into it and see the content so again the title of the book the church on mission a biblical vision for transformation among all people by craig ott if you get a copy of the book uh, there is a website that is listed in that book. Craig mentioned it earlier that has uh, additional resources, particularly a discussion guide that you can use this for your leadership team. Pastors, I could see you using a book like this to uh, have conversations with your staff. Uh, Maybe you're leading church planting teams. Uh, You could use it to talk with your leaders uh, about the the contents of this work and really think about your ecclesiology in light of the mission of God. Again, 130 pages or so, very concise work. Uh, At the same time, even though it's concise, uh, Craig has put together uh, an extensive amount of of end notes and citations that if you want to follow up and dig deeper, you can. Thank you so much, Craig, for being with us today on Strike the Match. Thank you for having me, and thank you to your listeners for tuning in. You have been listening to Strike the Match with JDA. You can find JD on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at JD underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app, or at iTunes, and we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.